Durga's Fireside Chat, hosted by Priya Varadarajan. Hello everyone, I'm Priya and I'm part of Durga. Durga is a citizen sector organization that wants to build power and resilience in youth to act against sexual harassment in public spaces and also work towards a gender-just society. Bishakha works on gender and sexuality in digital spaces, runs the non-profit Point of View in Mumbai, writes and films non-fiction and is part of the Wikipedia family. Uh, so welcome Bishakha, lovely to have you and lovely to see you once again post-Engage. Uh, Engage was a fantastic event for us. We had about 2,200 uh, youths registering from across India, which meant that the issue of gender justice has begun to sink in to be a big issue and people really want to do something about it. So thanks very much for your participation there. Our series called A Fireside Chat with Durga is basically to take that conversation itself to the next level so that we continue to engage with all of you fantastic speakers. I mean, what better than, you know, the kind of speakers we've had at Engage to continue to push this message that gender justice matters. Gender justice is a big issue that youth need to pick up and work on because it sort of manifests in their lives across, has large man uh, ramifications for future, important issues like employment, opportunity, leadership, everything stems from the issue of justice, right? And in gender particularly. So this series is basically to hear from you a little bit more. So to understand in this conversation, the Vishakha behind all your work, your activism, the way you work, the mode of activism that you've chosen. So it's a free-flowing conversation, essentially. So the first question to uh, you, Vishakha, is could you tell us a little bit more about your journey of activism and how did it start and where? Thanks, Priya. And I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed engaging and actually, uh, you know, participated and heard some other speakers as well. I thought it was a fantastic uh, platform and forum, so I'm really happy to be here. So my journey in activism started long back and actually from a very different place. I started out as a journalist and as a documentary filmmaker. So my real love is actually for words and images. But when I was a journalist, I was a print journalist and I was covering, and this is actually the mid nineties, right? When the internet has not yet like just come into India. Very few people have the internet. There are no mobile phones in this world that we lived in. So all the ideas that we were receiving around gender came from mainstream media, which we call legacy media today, right? And I, as a print journalist, used to cover a lot of events, write features about women's lives. And I used to keep asking myself, you know, I really want to be part of this movement and I want to change the thinking of people like my mother, you know, who may not be, or just like regular people who may not be connected to these movements and therefore may not be connected to these ideas around gender equality, right? And so I would keep saying, look, I really want to be part of this movement, but since I love words and images, I want to contribute through that rather than sort of necessarily, you know, protests on the street, etc. That was my thinking then. And so I got together, the origin story is literally, I got together with four other friends of mine, 
we documented all women panchayats in maharashtra which were then present in about 12 villages and converted that into a book called and who will make the chapatis which was what one panchayat member a woman was asked by her husband when she said i want to go for a panchayat training he looked at her and he said and who will make the chapatis and we basically you know all five of us came from media or the social sciences we were all in our own lives you know sort of fierce women or whatever you want to call it and we basically went to these villages spent time spoke to all these women and we were very keen to record this because it was an unusual experiment creating all women panchayats in these villages right even before there was reservation for women in political participation in india and some of these went way back and we felt like if we read about it in the newspapers then and we kept these clippings and we felt like if we didn't record it this history or this her story would really be lost for future generations so that was the literally the roots of what happened and that i think then you know gave me the confidence to feel that we could contribute through words and images and that there was a value to contributing like this and that's pretty much where it begins i mean i can go into more detail but that's sort of the roots of it thank you so much vishakha uh, who will make the chapatis sort of is a perfect segue to what i wanted to ask you next which is basically about you know uh, stereotyping and roles because of one's gender and identity and largely in the times that you're talking about it's not the gender identity with which i identify myself it's an it's assigned gender right and the roles are all completely assigned to me and forced on me so the next question really is coming from the previous point of what aspect of feminism do you connect most with yeah so i think me personally i think i uh, definitely connect with sort of two words one is like three words actually i'm going to say power choice and freedom so one of the things was you know and then i'll segue it into sort of sexuality so i think one of the things was in my own life i am an only child and my parents brought me up sort of relatively genderless right which was unusual at that time so i was sort of brought up to be a boy and a girl or like relatively almost non binary we would say i didn't realize it at that time what it meant as a child but what it sort of it freed me up from a lot of gender role expectations and a lot of stereotypes right um and so that's the reason i use the word freedom because it gave me a lot of freedom from an early age to do things outside those it really gave me the power to make my own choices right in my own way and so those are sort of the three aspects that i really relate to sort of to me feminism is really about the power and the freedom to voice to make one's choices within whatever bigger constraints one is operating within right like to have that kind of agency and i think in the other word that i would really actually say is sexuality for whatever reason i have no idea why it's been something that has always interested me and perhaps it's because that's one of the hidden domain which is least talked about 
relatively invisible and where women even when we have choices right in other say in education or in employment or in more visible areas of our lives often when it comes to sexuality that still remains an area where the family makes decisions where that choice is not given to girls or to women you know or to other marginalized genders to first of all even determine right like what what are you, what who are you in this domain outside of what society has arranged for you which is that you must get married kind of thing so i think that's always fascinating thank you bishaka it's almost like you know what the next question is <laughs> because you're so, talking about society <laughs> you you stopped with the idea of society and society's roles in uh, you know sort of building this gender construct around us um so gender based violence also stems from there the idea of sexuality of forced sort of you know uh things to fulfill for a girl particularly the kind of conversations one would have when a girl is walking into her uh, nuptial night and uh, you know sort of uh, say that please your husband and um, things like that don't run away or don't get scared and things like that so question really is that society or the community where we are plays a very very important part and a large part of our work in durga is also about gender based violence and the fact that it's not your problem or my problem it's the community's problem because they have created it and nurtured it fortified it with all your boosts and oddlicks and everything so how according to you in your work and experience do you feel that we can actually build strong resilient communities who can actually address this for us because no matter what you and i as individuals try it's the community it's the culture the belief the local context who will come and have my back when i raise my voice right so how do we build those communities thanks priya and i have to say you have articulated it so brilliantly and you know linked everything so wonderfully that uh, this makes it much easier for me to actually take the conversation forward at my end so you know i completely agree it's really like changing the ecosystem right so what we try and do is and conceptually also we see it very similarly so often we say in our work that sexuality and violence are kind of like yin and yang for example you know if you take say just a simple act like literally the act of sex done with consent etc it is sexuality done without consent with coercion forced etc it is violence right that same exactly that same act and similarly all the decisions in the domain of sexuality and violence they're sort of yeah so i think um I think what we try and do really is you know basically try and tackle this issue in a number of ways some of which will empower the individual girl woman or trans or queer person to be able to herself understand you know the like the the fault line between what is sexuality and what is violence so that we can affirm one and we can act against the other right uh, through workshops through publications through information resources but at the same time we also target a lot of our work 
at the broader ecosystem around her. Right? So whether that's family, community, it depends on the context, or whether that's just society at large, and try very hard to change their ideas. Again, through a range of things, right? Like workshops, um, publications, you know, policy inputs, like there's a wide range of things that we do. So we actually end up working on both sexuality and violence and our work sort of straddles that very complicated fault line of really trying to teach individuals as well as communities what is the difference right what is harmful violence and becomes violence and what is actually not harmful and must be left to that individual girl woman etc etc to decide I, I realize this sounds a bit abstract but i was just trying to yeah thank you so much uh, vishakha because when we're talking about communities and we're talking about how we could you know sort of in a focused way build awareness that you know the ultimate uh, power to make that change lies with them then youths of today form the largest part of this community right and I know we consciously put a lot of pressure in youth to say that you are our future and um, the world is yours and, you know, things like that. And not invest enough today to be able to give them the wings so they can fly tomorrow rather than put them at the cliff and say, go and jump. You know, because that's what we end up doing, that this is the view of the world and now go and fly and they have no wings. So, as and I, I personally feel that issues of gender lie there. No, it is empowering and it is part of your wings, if not just the wind beneath it, right? So issues of gender need to be recognized, need to be acknowledged, need to be acted on because of the fact that there's been an age-old way in which we've been interpreting things and acting on things. So what would your message be to youth today to actually build a gender-just world, which is good for them? Because we would be done. We come from the times when, you know, you would hear that and then the internet starts and then everyone's so delighted that something's happening on the other side of the machine. So we come from that space where the world is so different today and technology and connect can actually build that quickly as well. So your message of what it could be for youth to build a gender-just world will be really, really useful for us. So I think one is I would really say that young people need to be aware that of power differentials, right? So if you're a young boy, you know, even if you come from a low-income community, you still need to be aware that you may face a certain economic powerlessness, right? And you may, may be marginalized because of in, income issues or economic issues, but that your sister maybe have much less power in the family just because she's a girl, right? And that's the gender differential. And we see this very, very clearly actually in our work with digital technologies and grassroots communities where the, there are such stark differences in, you know, the age, basically in the way in which girls and boys in low-income communities are given mobile phones, right? So right from access, at which age? It's always the boy getting the phone earlier, his sister getting it later. 
it's always her brother getting a better phone or a smartphone, her getting a worse phone, right? It's always him being allowed to have two or three phones. She has one. And then there's a range of issues, right? Like her phone is checked. She's constantly asked, who, what, when, where, why are you using the phone? Who are you talking to? Why? So there's a lot of control about the way she can, you know, the decisions she can make, how she can use the phone. And this in turn, actually, we never think of it like this. But this kind of very monitored use restricts her freedom, her right to information, her privacy, her opportunity to explore options for her future, etc. So what I would really say is that, you know, for young people, be aware that we really are living today in a fidgetal world. Image in my head of a fidgetal world is always that you have one foot on the ground and in your hand you have a mobile. If we had to make a statue, I would make it like that, right? So part of you is physically connected and rooted to the ground and part of you is just similarly constantly connected digitally, right? That's how we live. In this digital world, it's very important for young people to make sure that they're aware of gender discrimination and gender injustice, not just in physical spaces, but also in digital spaces. Because, you know, with our mobile phones, etc., they're not just inanimate devices. They, plus us, create a digital space, and we in these digital spaces carry our understanding of gender with us when we go there, right? So I would say that one critically important to be aware of gender norms, all that justice, injustice, equality, and really push towards it in both spaces, including like, you know, challenging your family and your community and saying, why is it that girls are not unmarried, women are not being allowed to use mobile phones, right? That kind of thing. That's one. I think the second critical factor is really to listen to girls and women and others of marginalized genders and believe them. We are really seeing so much of gender-based violence not being addressed just because girls and women when they recount their experiences of gender-based violence, right? They're not believed, right? Either they are blamed. So whether it's street harassment, whether it's domestic violence, sexual assault, rape, or online violence, or many other kinds, right? The first impulse is to not actually believe the girl or a woman, but to sort of you know, always think about what could she have been wearing? What could she have been doing? Like there's always some way in which there's some sort of justification is being looked at to explain that violence. And that is absolutely wrong and takes us far away from gender equality and justice, right? And there is no other harm or crime like murder or robbery where we are constantly looking at the person who has been murdered or their family or been robbed and saying what did you do wrong or what can we pin on you so I think it's very important that we believe women yeah I mean those are sort of two of the critical things there is one more but now I've forgotten what it was yeah, <laughs> yeah. no problem Vishaka but I think what you said comparing crime against women 
with other forms of crime and the onus for the woman to be able to prove that she was right despite what happened with her is just such a huge burden the victim blaming shaming questioning not trusting that that in itself is injustice right so it's very very beautifully said thank you so much uh, vishakha for your time durga's fireside chat hosted by priya varadarajan 